Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Teacher Renewed Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Palmas. I am a wife, mom, author, and lifelong educator who has been doing some hard work for two decades. This podcast is about renewing hope, happiness, and belief in education. We get real and talk candidly about ways educators across the globe are working to uproot the education system and making transformational changes for all educators and students. And beyond the why and the what these transformational education leaders are doing, we get into the how you as an educator can drive toward these changes. I am here to take away the pain, exhaustion that too many of us feel day in and day out and rid ourselves of the question if we made the right career choice. Trust me, you did. So let's dig in and ignite the joy, passion, and belief all educators had when deciding to enter a career in education. And let's make some change. So much is possible in education. Hi, and welcome back to the Teacher Renewed Podcast. This is Kelly Pomas, and today is a day where I'm actually not going to interview any guests, but rather share in my expertise. And this is one that is not just for brand new teachers. If you coach novice teachers, if you are somebody who is trying to reset from a rough year, these things that we are going to talk about today are crucial. And these are essentially three mistakes you want to avoid when preparing for the school year. And these are three mistakes that I have seen teachers make, including myself, time and time and time again that get in the way of our effectiveness. And my whole goal is to ensure that we as educators, especially new teachers, or those of us who coach new teachers can really supply a foundation of strength and success and effectiveness for teachers. And that that is the goal here. And so when we can avoid these pitfalls, these mistakes, we're already set on course to be better. And again, I have lived and experienced these time and time and time and time again in my years of teaching and especially in the years of coaching teachers. And so what I want to do is share these three mistakes, these pitfalls to avoid and help you reframe your thinking so that you are prioritizing the most highest impact areas. So we'll go into the mistakes and then how do you avoid them? How do you overcome them and make sure that you are doing something else? So I'm going to just dive right in and get going so that you can take these with you and really make sure that you are on a path towards success or the teachers you are coaching are on a path towards success. So mistake number one, pitfall number one, trying to make your classroom space Pinterest worthy. I love a good Pinterest classroom. I will say that I have never had a Pinterest worthy classroom. I had amazing things in my classroom. Maybe the closest I came was in my fifth year of teaching when I taught first and second grade. And I I loved that classroom space, but that was also my fifth year. And then I realized there were more things to tackle that were important than a Pinterest worthy classroom. And that's not to say that Pinterest worthy classrooms aren't important. And if that's your thing, that's your thing. But when we, especially as first year teachers, think that the bulk of our time needs to be spent making our classroom themed and beautiful and gorgeous. We are now then spending less time on other things that are really, really important. And I just can't say enough 
that it is okay to start your year with a comfortable classroom, with an organized space and let the other things come, but you do not have to have a Pinterest worthy classroom your first day of school ever teaching. You don't. Give yourself permission to be in that space. Be glad you have a classroom and know that, yes, there are things that you're going to want to have. Desks in order, some things on the wall, agenda on the board, parts of who you are, a space for things that are going to drive your content. But do you have to have a theme where then everything matches and everything is gorgeous and you're going to spend a bunch of money and time doing those things? Not necessarily. Your time can be better spent doing some other things that coincide with the pitfalls. I should share. I actually, in my first week of teaching, had three different classrooms. Three. And luckily for me, my first classroom was, I don't know how big it was to the square footage, but it was small. I actually have a picture posted on my blog and it was the teacher's old smoking lounge. And then after that, it became the storage. And I was expected to fit six students in there. When I had 12 students that first week of school, they knew that they were going to need a different space. They couldn't actually accommodate because my classroom, quote unquote classroom, only fit maximum six students. That's how small it was. And that is okay. And we were supposed to be in there all day, every day. So again, luckily I couldn't do a lot with the classroom. And then I got moved again to a bigger classroom, which was essentially the ISS room, the in-school suspension room. And after my students were struggling and I was struggling as a first-year teacher, we got moved again to a trailer. So anyway, I am really glad that I didn't get things set in stone because I moved that many times, but also it gave me space to focus on other things. And I think had I spent so much time focused on my classroom those first few days, I would have been really upset. And it also gave me space, like I said, to focus on other things, which leads us to the second mistake or pitfall. Only focusing on content and not the culture of your classroom or over-focusing on content. Now, we are teachers. Our job is to obviously teach our content, but not at the expense of building a classroom culture that is going to propel our students to be able to learn. You've heard me in other podcasts, my two priorities in my classrooms are that it is a safe environment and that we're going to learn. And yes, the content gets us to a place where we can learn, but the safety piece often goes under the radar or for a lot of secondary teachers, the focus is on the syllabus or I'm going to go over my four expectations or whatever. And it's one day and now we're going to dig into content. And that's not to say that that it's wrong per se, but it's just because it's probably the way we've been taught. And we have learned over time that building a classroom culture where students feel safe, they're going to learn a whole bunch more. And so just scratching the surface of expectations or a syllabus is not going to cut it. And you spending so much time focused on internalizing your content, like that is good and that is important. And you building your plan is going to be critical, but it must be infused with how you want your classroom culture to be, how you want your classroom to feel. 
And again, it doesn't necessarily go with the physical space. It goes with how do you want your students to interact with one another? How do you want your students to feel? Yes, you probably want them to feel welcome. And so there's going to be a minimum bar of how the physical space makes them feel. Get some stuff done, but it doesn't have to be pictures for it. Going back to number one. And you want them to feel like they can trust you so they can learn. But how are you going to cultivate that? when we only focus on content and forget how we are going to build in this vision for classroom culture, we do ourselves a disservice. And let me go back to my first year of teaching. And I talk about this in the book, but I thought that as a math teacher for sixth and seventh grade, and then I taught content for all four core subjects for um, my sixth graders, I thought that that was number one. And so I spent so much time, second day of school, we dove right into content. It was a textbook era. So we opened those textbooks, started, and that's what we did. And again, you can read in my book, but on that second day of school, I had a student who unfortunately had experienced a lot of trauma in his life. And he did well on the first day when we were focusing on culture, when we were doing things that really supported the emotional development of them. And on that first day, well, I didn't even get to content with this student. In fact, it was at breakfast where the incident happened. And then my boys experienced that incident. And instead of really taking into consideration what that incident meant or incident meant to my classroom, we just plowed on with math. And Throughout the week, behaviors escalated. Mind you, I was teaching in a self-contained classroom of students with behavioral and emotional disabilities, but their number one goals for their individualized education plans, their IEPs were social emotional. And I was not that providing that for them, especially now that it was first couple of weeks of school. And it came back to bite me. And I actually have a really incredible resource. I will include the link in the show notes so you can access it, but it is the first 15 days of classroom and template basically of building classroom culture and the thinking on content, but fusing both because that is critical for us to be set up for success. We don't just go over our expectations as a lecture. We involve our students in what the expectations of the classroom are going to be. We have our students reflect on those expectations. We have students engaging in self-reflection, in community sharing, in building trust amongst one another. Like those things, I don't even care if you teach a 60-minute course. If you want to accelerate the learning of your students, you don't just focus on content. You focus on content and culture. And one of the three biggest mistakes that first-year teachers make is the over-focus on content and building a syllabus, the under-focus on how you are going to actually build in meaningful culture inside your classroom. I will say that the first exercise you can do as a teacher when infusing this culture piece is actually creating a vision. What do you want to be true of your students in your classroom? How do you want them interacting? How do you want them talking? What does it look like? What does it sound like for themselves with each other? And write that down. And that is going to then inform you of what then you have to build into those first couple of weeks and then ongoing into the school year so that you don't forget that culture is a huge priority that oftentimes gets neglected, especially in our first year teacher classrooms.
definitely get access to the free resource. It's a great resource. It's a great, great feedback. And I've used it time and time again with my teachers to support the foundation rather of their classroom, which has led them to accelerated success. The third pitfall is not internalizing what is being provided to you. That one's kind of abstract, but when you become a teacher, or as you know, those of you who are coach teachers, you are drinking out of a fire hose. There is so much coming at you. And the amount of times I have heard, even myself say this, and I'll share another first year teacher story with you, but is, well, I wish you would have told me that before, or I wish I had known that before. Nine times out of 10, you were told that. But because you have so much coming at you all at once, it is hard to remember. And sometimes things don't feel super important. Like, oh, the subsystem or how I take time off, I'll remember that when I get to it, then you suddenly forget like how you go about those things and you have a mentor to help you through that. And that's great. But there are so many things that we're like, wait, you wanted me to do a student survey? When did you say that? Or when did you say that there was going to be this open house that I had to do X, Y, and Z? Those things get told to us. And then we forget because we're so focused on our content. We're so nervous about that. Like, what am I going to get my content? What is my content? How is it going to look? And our classrooms that we forget all these other really important things that impact how we teach. And then suddenly we are so overwhelmed by the teaching because we didn't actually internalize what was being shared and brought to us. And that's not to say that we've done it right. Like those of us who are coaching or doing the professional development, I mean, we should not be having first-year teachers drink out of fire hoses. That is the reality because there's so much to do. But part of the way in which we negate lack of internalization is not over-focusing on things that we think are important or that are going to give us a sense of accomplishment. They will, and I get that. But at the same time, we as first-year teachers have to be working towards something that is bigger than our classroom, that is bigger than our content, and that is the education of our students. Again, nine times out of 10, the people who are providing you the professional development, the people who are giving you these resources are people who have done this, who've made these mistakes. And so that third mistake, avoiding the, the not internalizing, give yourself time and space to internalize. Again, helping to shift from the other two pitfalls and also going back and at the end of the day or at the end of the week and giving yourself time to reflect on what you learned. Going back to the professional development schedule and writing in the boxes, the biggest outcomes. So you are reflecting on and thinking about bigger takeaways. Like I said, things that are bigger than us. There are systems that might seem unimportant, like, oh, how do we input our time off and whatever workforce thing you use? Those things might seem unimportant, but they are so important to the bigger picture because they are helping us as a system ensure that we can get substitutes, helping us ensure as a system that we are providing you pay and accommodations, things like that. So those are the three biggest pitfalls I see as first-year teachers. And we as first-year teachers or coaches who are teaching first-year teachers, when we start seeing ourselves veer toward those, I want you to then do a few things. I want you to ask yourself, 
for this first one, trying to make your classroom space Pinterest worthy, not worth it, especially in our first year of teaching. How much time does this classroom space deserve so that my students can feel welcomed, but so that I can focus on other things? If you're an elementary school teacher, name tags are huge. Having places for your students to be. For those of you who are multi-period teachers, having a seating chart that is going to help develop your ability to know students, or again, having a placard that provides students their names. So in the first day, you're learning names and maybe not necessarily saying they have to sit where they sit, but they they get to go where they want, but they still have a placard. Like those placards are more important than having poofs and things hanging off your walls or ceilings. So ask yourself, to what extent can I feel comfortable in this space without over prioritizing giving so much of my time to this classroom space? And that's hard, but that is a mindset shift you have to make because there are other things you have to focus on. And if you don't want to burn out, if you want to get in front of the time, because you hear this time and time again, how quickly teachers burn out, most of it is because they are not using their time wisely. They're using it on things that they think are important. And not to say that your classroom space, again, is not important, but it is not the end all be all. Number two, focusing on content and not the culture or over-focusing on content. Yes, you need to know your content. Absolutely. But you also need to create a classroom culture that is going to help students internalize the content. And so how much time are you giving to content versus how much time are you giving to the internalization of students or the student internalization of culture? And make sure that both are embedded into your first 15 days. Don't just dive into content. Don't treat culture as an isolated thing that you do for three weeks, but think about how you are infusing it and start with your vision, your vision for what you want your classroom to look like, feel like, and sound like through the eyes of students. And number three, make sure you are giving yourself time and space, especially in those first few weeks of your learning and your institutes or whatever they're called, to think about what is being taught. You are likely going to get some foundational skills where a person presenting PD or your mentor teacher is saying that you need to have radar. What is radar? Being able to look around the classroom and see everything. If you forget that on your first day, it is going to be a real struggle bus because suddenly you're a deer in headlights. We don't want that for you. And so at the end of the day, the end of the week of learning, go back and think about all the things, the big takeaways that you have for everything that you did. Maybe at the end of the two weeks, you kind of do that again and build on until the first month. So you are remembering that, yeah, you did probably learn that. Maybe you didn't, but more than likely you did. You just forgot because you were drinking out of a fire hose. So those are the three mistakes or common pitfalls that I would say every first-year teacher needs to avoid or every coach who teaches a novice teacher needs to support in and ways in which you can overcome those pitfalls. Now, remember in the show notes, I have linked for you amazing free resource guide to really support your first 15 days of planning. But also I have including the link to access my free 30 page novice to natural teacher, which really outlines the foundations of what 
a successful new teacher should be doing in order to be successful. So definitely take this advice. I promise you it is going to pay dividends, especially when you are willing and able to focus and prioritize your time in the areas that need to be prioritized. I can't wait to talk to you again next week. And thanks for listening. Wow, another episode in the books. Thank you so much for joining me today and every week on the podcast. So what are you taking away from today's episode? Let me know by heading to Instagram and either commenting on this episode's IG picture or DM me and tell me you listened to the episode and share a little nugget you received. I am at teacher underscore renewed. And as always, if you liked this episode and know someone who is on a journey to becoming a better teacher and educator, share this with them. And it might just be the one thing they needed to hear today. Or share this episode in your stories and tag me at teacher underscore renewed. All right, my friends, I will be back next week with another episode for more of what's possible in education.